0: Welcome into Brew Chat. I'm your host, Brady Lindquist. I'm excited to announce we've got a new co-host, Ryan Salzman, a.k.a. Chap Traveler. Welcome to the show.
1: Happy to be here. I'm excited for uh, to be on the podcast and just kind of you know, helping you out and speaking with creative people. It's going to be exciting.
0: Yeah, kind of a new chapter here for Brew Chat. And Blake will still be involved from time to time. So he's he's not gone by any means, but uh, we're excited to have the tap traveler on the show. <laughs> now, with that out of the way, let's get into the episode. We sit down with the hosts of the official untapped podcast called Drinking Socially. Here is our conversation with John Dispenza and Harrison Hickok. All right, well, let's start there. So uh, kind of a little introduction of who you are and then kind of
2: how you got into craft beer. There'll be a lot of blank faces here. Um, Harrison, you go first, man. Fine. Uh,
3: All right, cool. So, craft beer. So, I started before um, working at Untapped. I worked in craft breweries for like eight years, mostly in the Northeast. I started in Connecticut, which is my home state, uh, doing like root sales and then some brewing and packaging for a brewery called Thimble Island Brewing Company, which is a very small, now it's actually bigger, but it was a very small brewery right on the Connecticut coast then went to a brew pub in Connecticut that had been around for like 30 years that was really cool I got to brew with a guy who worked at Magic Hat back in the 90s and they were the largest open fermentation brewery on the the east coast so he was like his yeast wizard and uh amazing amazing guy and then finished my brewing career the last couple years of it in in Philadelphia at Neshaminy Creek Brewing Company and that was really cool they were like getting really big when I got there and um and finished like as a uh, it's like the guy who trained all the new brewers so I kind of started from like the bottom and ended as the guy who was teaching everyone else at the bottom how to kind of you know pull themselves up and, and really what I would, I would say is how to not kill themselves in the brewery because there's so many ways you could <laughs> do that accidentally so um, <laughs> but Definitely. so yeah so I kind of went from yeah sales to to brewing to doing everything imaginable in the, in the brewing world even like tours and tap room stuff and then uh, yeah, untapped. My wife actually found the untapped job uh, online and it's, we're headquartered in Wilmington, North Carolina, which if you don't know, is this like really cool beach town. She saw yeah. pictures, was like, this is amazing. We're moving here. And I was like, okay, well let's <laughs> like wait, but it, it happened. Um, so that's, first. that's good. Right. Exactly. <laughs> she was ready just to go. Got a, So uh, luckily um you know, didn't have to take that, that risk and got the job beforehand. So now I get to talk to brewers all day about untapping beer and all that stuff, which is a lot sure. easier on my back, but, and, uh, <laughs> but you know, still as fun as kind of be in that, that beer world. And then of course, uh, and after hours, John and I are knee deep in, in the podcast world also kind of, um yeah just kind of doing our our thing with drinking socially but that's that's sure that's the last 10 years of my life or more 12 years of my life summed up quickly yeah. as i could yeah john's nice. impressed but uh what about <laughs> yeah what about you john where 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 has this crazy beer world taken you
2: who uh so different background than harrison but same end game um sometimes even knee waist over my head deep in podcast stuff but <laughs> yeah,
3: that's right <laughs>
2: I think I I would I would be vain and assume that my we'll say craft beer learning experience journey begins like so many others. I was I was in Buffalo, New York, where I'm where I'm originally from, and beer was Jenny Cream Ale. It was Labat Blue Light. It was an occasional Bud Light, and you know then. You'd kind of get this this one like cool friend that would show up and he'd have a beer with logos on it and you'd just be like that, I don't even know what that is, but I want it and you taste it and it would be horrible because there's so much flavor in there. It actually tasted like something. <laughs> Whoa, what's going on with this? This isn't refreshing. So that was that was my first like that was my entry to craft beer. And just I out of nothing but stubbornness, I wanted to learn Everything I could about, you know, why the dark ones taste this way and the light ones taste differently. It just opened up uh, this huge world. And I found myself professionally wanting to kind of chase that craft beer experience i never got into a professional brew house like harrison my feet generally stayed dry but on the other end of it as much as i could learn and uh, i discovered untapped personally is i is like a way to learn more about beer and check in sure. and be social and uh when when the company that owns untapped now next glass is Wilmington based. And when they announced that they were going to begin promoting untapped and doing all these cool new things, it was just like, and that was the one example of my life, like right time, right place. I'm from Buffalo, so you know that didn't apply there. But yeah. uh, in in Wilmington, when Untab decided to set up an office there, I was first in line. I was really excited. And I remember when Harrison showed up and was sleeping in the office because the rest of his family hadn't moved down yet. Uh, so it's been a, it's been a fun journey. And I, I would argue every day, I'm still kind of chasing that. There's always something sure. more you can try and
3: learn or drink. Sure. Yeah, and
0: how long ago was this that you guys moved to Wilmington?
3: Well, John moved before the, before the job. I moved four years ago, almost to the week. About it was August oh, wow. of four years ago, uh, and John started in July. That so just four years ago, this past. <laughs> I got July. a month on him. Yeah, right. No, got I'm a month sure. on him. He's got thirty okay. days. But sure. you been you were in Wilmington before that.
2: Yeah, I, can, I don't know. I came to Wilmington because, like you explained, Harrison is a beach town, which is the exact opposite uh, of a kid that grew up shoveling snow.
3: Right. Um, there's this, there's water there. It's just mostly ice all the time. It? Yeah.
2: <laughs> it seemed it was that. I explained it as kind of like that was my midlife crisis. You know, I still right. keep in touch with family and friends, but. Yeah, thirty-five <laughs> years of darkness and coldness. I felt like I owed myself another thirty-five of warm sunshine. Yeah,
0: we, uh, right. we definitely can relate to you guys. Right. We're <laughs> in Minnesota, so. Oh yeah, yeah.
1: And you guys are both in in sales and marketing, account executives. Yep. Right,
3: yep. Yeah. Okay. Exactly.
1: Yep. And then the the podcast just kind of a, a side thing in addition to your your main duties.
3: Exactly right. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for
2: asking that, Ryan. I think no one ever. Uh, no, <laughs> right. including my, my wife and loved ones. <laughs> no one, all you do is the podcast. That's all I ever hear you doing. That's a passion project. That's because right. we love, uh, you know, we. We're, I think we're both fortunate in that we love what we do. Sure. Uh, but yeah, to your point, Ryan, full-time job is sales account executive. And then the podcast is kind of an after hours project.
3: Okay.
1: Sure. And, and this is this, uh, so the podcast is drinking socially uh, for those that don't know. And, I was just wondering, kind of, do you have like a mission statement, what you're trying to go for? I know recently you've been doing some beer education. Um, and is that kind of where you're moving, or or what do you guys see you're you're going? Harry?
3: Good question. Yeah. So like our if it's a mission statement, it's kind of I mean, the core goal of it is to introduce more beer to more people, kind of approach the everyman, make it not so um, I guess, insurmountable, as John kind of did a great job of laying out. Sometimes when you are discovering craft beer, it's overwhelming, whether it's the artwork or the flavor or everything about it. Uh, it's so different from uh, perhaps what you started uh, growing up, if you will, drinking, um, at least in your early kind of beer drinking years. Um, so yeah, a lot of it is is to that end of like making it just approachable to anyone, the education side. So we're in season three right now, drinking socially, and that was kind of a goal for the second half. It's really been a goal for a while, but we kind of found the form of it in Beer One Hundred One to put more education into and kind of take it to the next level. Where if you're here and you're listening and you're still listening, perhaps you've been educating yourself about more about beer, and let's kind of take you along a uh, a narrative, somewhat logical journey of okay, you're drinking this beer and you have questions about it. Let's kind of explain how it became a beer and um, and where all these you know, materials come from and a little bit of the science, but also try to share many s- stories as I can. So it's not just rambling on yeah. about chemicals and stuff. It's, you know, it's one time I, the story we all share is I had to climb in to, with a pickaxe into a tank cause the ice block froze and I had to chisel all the ice out. That was like one of my not first days it was early on in the job. And it, so there's a lot of, I don't know, I've share, share a fair amount of anecdotal stuff. That's kind of, I think interesting or funny to kind of mix in with, uh. Education side. So that's the focus now. We're trying to round out season three with beer one oh one being part of each podcast. Um nice. yeah.
0: Cool. Great. Well, should we a, should we tap some beers? In. We need to yeah, uh, yeah right. definitely yeah. better <laughs> get into some beer here quick. What are you guys uh what are you guys drinking tonight?
3: John, what are you starting with? Let's let's have you start us yeah. off.
2: Yeah, so here comes John from Untapped, uh pulling out <laughs> an amazing <laughs> uh,
3: rockstar beer,
2: but I am really excited about this beer. It's uh, technically, uh, I think it's marketed as a hoppy table beer or a table saison. And generally when I see the word table, I think, great, I can drink this beer before noon. Um, so the, the 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 big part of that for me is the stat sheet. Table beers, I don't think I've ever seen one really over 3%, and this one rings true. It's a 2.5% abv table beer made by two north carolina breweries outer range and resident culture who's getting this a lot of cool. love right now Ooh, nice,
3: nice. Cool. yeah resident culture that's fantastic and so i went uh i mean i chose a different route i've been kind of um i grabbed burial beer co's hawk bill which is their nice. uh, their ipa it's an, it's their new england basically it's a pretty there's some nice IBUs on it for uh, an England IPA though. It's uh, let me see, six and a half per six point six percent ABV. It's 40 IBUs and uh, it's delicious. I love this thing. I've been I guess kind of sipping on it all summer, so I nice. uh, figured why not put it in the limelight a little, a little bit tonight and enjoy it with you guys. Nice. Burials Sweet. solid brewery. Oh, I know. There we I'm we're lucky to have them here. I mean, I try to not like. That's one thing that traveling around, like I said, I started in Connecticut, worked in New York for a while too, Philadelphia. So there's like, it's easy to be like, ah, burials everywhere. But like, I don't want to take any of this stuff for granted now that I'm here with it. It's like, I'm going to drink as much as I can. I don't care that it's in the grocery store. That's great. It means I can get it more. I try to like not get jaded by access to really great breweries. I'm just like, yep, no, this is, this is great. I am not, not one to lose sight of that. So I'm doing it.
2: What about you guys? Are you guys drinking with us? Oh, totally. yeah,
1: I'll crack one. I got a yes. uh, indeed. Cerveza de Orchada. Ah, oh, super jealous. I'll shut up, yeah.
2: but really, really jealous of that one.
1: <laughs> so it's uh just beer brewed with cinnamon and lactose. It's actually pretty high. 7.8%. Um, Ooh, local Minnesota, Minneapolis brewery. Indeed.
0: Awesome. Indeed. Nice. And I've got, uh, I've got Eight Count from Looplin. And uh, this is an IPA, and it's I think it's like seven seven 7.5%. It uh, does not have the ABV, or uh, I mean the IBU. Um, it is a very hazy, very sweet uh, beer.
1: Mm.
2: Delicious. Cheers, guys.
3: Yeah, cheers. Let's do this. Cheers. Uh,
2: Here we go. Joel, cheers. Cheers. Um that's a beautiful can uh for that eight count as well. That kind that would have jumped right off the it's, shelf into my cart.
0: Blacked yeah. out. It just it is awesome. Love but, it. That's yeah, awesome. very cool. So we kind of got into the podcast, how that got started, a little bit of the one oh one. Um what's what's it like working at Untapped? What's what's the environment there? I suppose it's quite a bit different now with COVID and I don't know if you guys are working from home or not, but uh What's it like working at untapped?
2: Ooh, th- these are great. Thank you for asking these questions, guys. These are things that I think no one ever asks me. Um, really? And <laughs> I'll, I'll um, yeah, no, well, my wife works at untapped as well. And oh, she's really? generally my best friend and my drinking buddy. So she, right. of course oh. she doesn't ask. She just <laughs> tells me, yeah. stop talking about work, John. <laughs> um, That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I think, um, you know, when I, if you would have asked me, what, what you know, un, what's it like to work at UNTAP before I was there, I would have just imagined like just drinking beers all day doing <laughs> research, right? Um, and it's, it, that's. That's part of it. I I love that, you know, after right after work, I can just go across the street and grab a beer and we can do bottle shares at work. Um, The part about working at Untappd that I think I have the most fun explaining is that our office is right downtown in Wilmington, North Carolina, on kind of the main street you would go to if you were going to walk up and down and go bar hopping. And then you got this, you know, untapped with the logo out front and the two cross beer bottles. And right in the first floor is where a lot of us salesmen will kind of be sitting at a desk, either making a phone call or doing research. And every day during the summertime, we'll get a couple of tourists or people that just pop in to have a drink because it looks just like a bar. Right. Um, and, oh that's not something that happened to me in the the entirety of my professional career. No one ever showed up unless I was working at a bar, uh, right. asking for a drink. <laughs> and that, I, I, the first couple of times it just weirded, I didn't know what to do. I was like, well, we're not a bar, but I can take you around and show you the rather boring sales office, which is just people on the phone. Uh, do you, do you like hats some t-shirts? Do you want to download a cool app? Uh, that right. might, I, I'm not the right person to do tours. Um, uh, and then of course you yeah, Working, uh, we've all been working remotely. or Ninety-five percent of us have been working remotely since COVID. I, so I now, working that. it yeah. untapped is is me and my wife arguing over who gets to use the good desk. Uh, <laughs> 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 nice.
0: Yeah, we've all had to adapt, haven't we?
3: I know. Yeah, it's been pretty. Yes, been pretty wild for sure. Um, yeah, I like what John says. That that is a hilarious part about working there though, is that people walking off the street and be like, Where's the bar? And they'll a lot of the times get like all the way to the back of the building and someone's like, You should probably, probably go get that guy. I mean, <laughs> usually like guys in their sixties, retired, hanging out, like they're avid untapped users and like or they just think it's a bar. But a lot of times they're like huge fans. They're like, Yeah, is there like can I where can I drink? And it's like we do have a bar <laughs> in the office, but it's not for you know, it's for us. Um, but that's probably one of my favorite parts with of the office is that there's a bar on the second floor and there's a roof deck on the third floor. And we're nice. a block block away from the Cape Fear River. So at night, you go out there on the roof deck, watch the sunset over the river. There's a cool bridge right there. There's a huge battleship. Gosh. The USS North Carolina is right there um, wow. too. So it's um, it's a cool place to, right, to, to work. And then at the end of the day, you can go grab a pint of something and walk up to the roof and just kind of sit there and, and really unwind that was um somebody used to do a lot a lot more obviously no one's in the office now as as john mentioned and um but it's it's really neat it's it's when my wife discovered the job i was like untapped That's two guys in their basement this is not a thing <laughs> there can't be what are they hiring for um and you know obviously i was way wrong uh, it's a i mean it's a as john said very much a sales floor it's a huge you, you know sales team and other teams to you know support the app and support our partners and stuff and they all we all work uh, almost all of us in that single building which is, is really nice too so um definitely a great sense of community how, working there. Yeah
0: how big is the team?
3: <sighs> what is it, John? What do you want to say? Seventy or so? Is that right? Whoa.
2: Yeah. I think the, I th- I would say you're accurate. 70? I think it is right.
3: Wow. Yeah. So right when we started it was like fifteen or so maybe okay. Um, and wow. it really grew in leaps and bounds um very quickly Jeez. as the app grew and stuff too, it really needed to. So it's been yeah, it was it was very it, John more than me. I mean, it's so funny, like we said, he started a month before I did, but he even like when he you started, how many people were it was like six people or whatever. And then our class like so they're really hiring <laughs> fast, <laughs> yeah, huh? yeah. Wow. Yeah, crazy. and really needed to. And, yeah. It was one of
2: the most exciting, I mean, I, I most of my background is working in the hospitality industry to a certain extent. And here I was, you know, in, in a job where most of my work was sitting in front of a MacBook, you know, and I know a lot about beer and running a restaurant. I don't know how to open the email app in a MacBook. So some right. of it, you know, just made me feel totally useless. And then we went, you know, in July, there was six of us in, August there was 15 of us and then it went up to twenty five and it was just it got hard to keep up with you know meeting everyone and we would do beer tastings with you know the new kids and then they would a month later they would be the veterans and it was (laughs) yeah, interesting so much growth, lots of fun.
3: Oh very exciting, right, to grow that fast. And again, it's happening because we need it, like we're adding, you know, new partners and untapped is growing and expanding and more users and all this. Stuff's happening like as literally as fast as as imaginable so or as possible. So yes, it was very exciting the first you know couple of years there. When we were just like bright speed, kind of going from right literally, it was at one point just the Greg in his basement, the founder of Untap, you know, making yeah. making this app. Making the app, yeah. Right, but to go from right from
2: later, like, almost, does anyone speak German? There's a <laughs> I guess like...
3: <laughs> right, 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 I need <laughs> yeah. I need help. Right. Yeah. Um. So like, right. And it was, it was amazing. It was, it's, you know, obviously we still work there. It's hard to look back and kind of contextualize everything. But every once in a while, I'll take a breath and go, wow, we really did. You know, I went from knowing nothing about technology and very, you know, little more than the user app end of Untapp to talking with people in New Zealand about it, like an expert, which I quickly had to become. Um, and It was, uh, it's really, really fun.
0: When I was going to say, so you were having trouble opening your email on a MacBook (laughs) and now you're now you're podcasting with people from across the country. So (laughs) you learned
3: (laughs) more than Um, that. John's quite the expert now. I mean, he's who I go to and I don't know how to open my email or whenever some weird (laughs) attachment doesn't work. He's kind of the guru. So definitely. Yeah, definitely. No issues there anymore.
2: I'll have to put
1: John's email down in case I'm having trouble with my email. Yep,
3: exactly.
2: <laughs> uh, my first question is going to be: Have you have you turned it on and off? Yet? <laughs> yeah, <you> uh, <laughs>
3: right. It's the Wi-Fi on. Uh-huh.
2: Troubleshooting 101. That's it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, for most of our listeners, they know Untapped is the app, um, and you know, I know you guys do Untapped for business, and I'm just wondering if you could explain that a little bit and and kind of talk about maybe what percentage of Untap's business is through that, or you know how, you know how does Untap make money? Because for most people, it's a free app. I yeah. upload a picture. Um, just kind of give us that sense.
2: So I, 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 I think that's a valuable question. And it's something I, I sometimes I spend most of my day explaining, you know, if I'm talking with a brewery, and, and, I'm, and I'm like, john, the salesman at untapped, that's usually the first and most important thing to explain is that, you know, yes, you, you got all these people who are checking into your beers, and they're tagging your brewery and pictures and all. And that for the user, Easily most important thing. If no one's checking into beers on untapped, then we're, you know, we're just uh, uh, I don't know, a podcast company. <laughs> so, um, so that the user, the user experience is, is really important. It drives a community behind it. And for marketing and, and for sales, the untapped for business side, this was kind of when, when Harrison and I were first joining the company and it was the, really the only product that untapped had. So until this point, the only revenue that had come into untapped would be if, you know, if a big like Sam Adams wants to buy a special Sam Adams badge for their beer. And it was at the time, it was just literally two guys that were building the app. And it was a a side hustle before that was a a, a hashtag. And now most of our revenue comes from, you know, we'll do festivals and uh, we'll still do commercial badges for big beer releases. But most of our revenue comes from if you open up the app and you say, I'm looking for mango habanero near me then untapped is going to search on all those businesses that are using untapped for business are going to search the menu and they're going to say, here's where you can find it closest. And the businesses Work with us. It's a paid subscription, and you list your menu on Untapped, and it, it kind of connects you with our user base in that way. And it's 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 been a lot of lessons learned. But I think the most valuable part for me is the conversations that we have with those businesses. It's not just like run a Facebook ad and hope for the best. It's kind of a relationship where we're still learning what's working for you best, what's working for you during COVID, so we can try and make adaptations uh, to keep that business going.
1: And do you notice that people are changing how they're using the app on
0: Is there is it
3: during any COVID? Discussion?
0: Yeah, specifically. Yeah. yeah. Yep.
3: Oh yeah. I mean, right when it all began and the kind of the shutdown started, um, we kind of went into um, just like support mode. John and I, who as we've discussed, are on the sales team, partnered up with our support team and our engagement team—the the teams that work with our current partners that are already using Tapped. For business to reach out to them and say like what do you how can we help what are you guys doing what's working what's not what are you able to do we quick, quickly spun up something called greg's list which is kind of a play on craigslist later became greg Avola's list again after greg the founder um where we were a single database where we, we just called uh, and reached out to every single one of our partners and found out if they were open how they were open how people could support them and made a database basically like over three days of these guys do curbside. Here's delivery. Here's how you buy delivery from them. Here's, they are open. They're not open. Like all that stuff that was different state to state, city to city. It was up to us to kind of compile it all. I mean, through all that, learned a ton about how, right, businesses were pivoting. And uh, and it's, you know, so many stories could be shared. I mean, that was a pretty fascinating, probably two, three weeks, right when every the shutdown began, the lockdown began of just like, um, right, learning a lot, talking to a lot of people and businesses and finding out. What they're able to do and so we pulled a lot from that um it really though and, and then when the kind of the dust started to settle and people kind of had loose timelines of okay we're going to be shut down for a couple of weeks or we're able to do delivery or we're gonna we're gonna choose to do delivery or whatever then Untapp could kind of step in and be like great if you are going to do delivery here's how you could use the app as a business to alert people to the fact that they can delivery food from you and stuff like that. So we kind of came away to get the word out to our users, uh, if they were still open and how they come support them. Um, and it, yeah, it changed a little bit how they use it. Um, and functionality wise that so we've added things we've always had, it's funny. We've always had like, um, QR code compatibility, so QR codes are like having their moment now. Finally, QR codes yeah, been around yeah, forever, finally. right? Nobody yeah. knows how to use and them because software uh, <laughs> made it
0: so much easier. Right, you just right, right. pull out your right. camera and point exactly. right. it at it. Right. So that now, way originally, it would be perfect.
3: <laughs> right. I know. And so now, like a lot of businesses have QR code menus, so we can help make that happen, make that really easy, so you're not managing a QR code menu untapped is integrated into that so you're still just sure. updating untapped and now everyone's phone becomes your menu and there you go you don't have to worry about printing menus or anything that comes with yeah, that yeah. so that was a huge one but right it was very much kind of like overnight watching our business change how they operated taking in a lot of information about all these changes now how they were different regionally and stuff and then also as those changes changed what we could do to kind of keep up um keep up with it. So it was, yeah, it was pretty wild. It's, it's very like, it's a kind of a blur in my mind. It all happened so fast. A lot of online stores popped up. John did even more work with it. Um, when I am back to the sales team, he probably has even more insights than I do about it though.
2: It's I I think you, I think you kind of hit the head, the head on the nail. Is that what they there say? It um, That's it. Yep. You hit the head on the <laughs> nail. We
3: do that. Yeah. We won't and cut
2: that. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. Uh, um, it's it, for for businesses. It's, it's, you're you're vain if you think that you understand how it's going to work next week because it's you know we we jumped right in early in March and said let's get ahead of this and you know it just it keeps evolving and you have to evolve with that. What's been really nice is kind of seeing the user base you know, a lot of what we track, especially on the sales end, is, you know, how many people are checking into the bars in your neighborhood. And during COVID, that number took a huge dive, right? No okay. one's checking in, hopefully. Um, and you'll, you it's, it's, you could almost do a, a, a sheet on measuring how well a country is recovering by how many untapped check-ins are happening at a, at a, at a bar <laughs> restaurant. But what was what was a really cool change early on, is you saw, kind of people just kind of you know kind of go right in on themselves and look for that nostalgic, comfy, value beer, like the meatloaf and mashed potatoes of your craft beer. Those things shot right up early on, and then we created. A location that you can check into on Untapped, just called Untapped at Home, and it was—it's the f- first and only location that we could all check into together. We don't have to sure. be a mile away from it. And that, once that—that that was a while ago, and, and now I think it's—I don't even like 20 million check-ins or some ridiculous sure. amount of. Yep. But it's when that happened, it, it that kind of allowed. Us to get a better view, uh, you'd see people that are that are you know they're going to their bottle shop, they're getting things delivered from Drizzly or Grubhub or whatever, and and I think we're at a place now where people are more comfortable going back to craft beer, not what it was before, but more comfortable than it was in March and April. Yeah,
3: sure. Huh. Yeah, that Untapped at Home thing was pretty amazing. Where it's at twenty one point eight one million check-ins as of right now, and it's doing about two and a half million a month, which is uh which is amazing. I'm not going to say how many check-ins I have to it, but it's a lot. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, that was really cool, right, that we had this global venue. It was the first time we'd done something like that, that just exactly, if you're home alone, you are you can connect with people at, on Untapped at Home across the world who are in the same boat you are and uh, share a beer and toast their check-ins and do all that cool stuff. So that was really amazing to see happen right away. And then kind of building on top of that, we really started launching... So, in addition to doing the podcast, John and I help a lot with Untap TV, which is brand new and really kind of born out of the pandemic, where we do, you know, Greg, he does um, at least twice a week live events through Facebook with industry professionals, brewers, beer journalists, all this cool stuff. So that you can, if you're at home and, um, you know, drinking responsibly there, you can watch something cool that Untap's producing for you. And so, John and I had a hand in a lot of the beginning of that. and. We'll moderate some of the the episodes. We were the first guests, right? The first guests, I believe, nice. unofficially, uh, yeah, unofficial, but first guests that uh, that uh, was on the the Untapped Happy Hour. So that's been, and that's created a lot of changes in the app too. So it's, you kind of, as I'm telling you, you got to see like how the world changes untapped adapts that creates the opportunities. And then the world changes again, and untapped kind of ready for some of those and, and just became more flexible because of all this stuff. We really kind of tested some new territory, especially on, on the media and uh, the social media kind of content creation side of things. That's been really fascinating and exciting and something that John and I definitely are right. They kind of, one night a week we'd spend doing the podcast has now become like every night a week we do something related to the media team but it's nice. again it's it's exciting it's there's a lot to, to do right now and it's um uh, it's fun to to have a hand in it for sure
0: so that kind of answers the uh the future of untapped it's really mm. kind of evolving this this whole media thing where with the, the, the tv different shows and things like that i would assume correct
2: I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't contest it. I think you're, I think uh, I'm I'm not researched or brave enough to say that I could make a <laughs> prediction on what, you know, what yeah. is, wh- where's untapped making their money from next year, which is generally right. how I measure, you know, where where is your business making the most of its money? Because that's probably where you spend most of your time. Sure. Um, but much like, I mean, New England IPAs didn't really exist five years ago on, on a big public scale. And now they're huge, or maybe you look at it and you see new England IPA is kind of trending downward and people are getting more excited about seltzer or lager. And I think that like that simple metric in comparison to beer is, is an easy way to think about how we at UNTAP feel as well. Like you can't just, if, if everybody's checking in on UNTAP today, you're you're silly if you sit back and you think it's always going to be that way because yeah, you, sure. you got to keep moving forward. Uh, I I just I, I, I wish I was bold or researched or brave enough to say what that looks like. Um, totally. I have no idea, yeah. but but yeah. I'll keep looking for it.
3: Yeah, but the, certainly there's a lot of attention in the the virtual stuff right now. I mean, we did our first virtual uh, festival. When was that? Back in I don't even remember what month that was. Is June, that June? About middle of June. Is that real? Okay, good. That sounds about <laughs> right <laughs> time. How long ago uh, was June? That's a different podcast. <laughs> yeah, totally. No one really knows. Um know. it could be years ago. Uh but yeah, so that was um that was a really cool idea and it 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 worked and it was a lot of fun. And but even before that, obviously we had plans to have another festival in uh in Charlotte, like we did last year. Um, and we did recently announce that we are gonna uh have one in 2021 in April, another physical festival, which is cool and exciting to look forward to. Um, but uh, but the plan before the pandemic happened was to have John and I kind of MC be, basically be on the ground at the festival in Charlotte when it was still happening. And when that couldn't happen, they were like, all right, let's throw John and Harrison as MCs for this virtual festival. And it was a blast. So I think the success of that, it definitely, I don't know when it's going to happen or what it's going to look like, but there's, there's definitely lots of conversations in the works about like, let's see if we can do more of this, this online uh, entertainment because everyone who went had a blast. The feedback was amazing. Um, And really like even more than we thought we'd get. And it was, um, it was, it was just really, it showed that like there was a, uh, a market for it and might even be a market for it forever. It was actually kind of interesting that a lot of people that went to it were like people that had young kids or worked weird hours. And they were like, this sure. is way better than a festival where I'm wet in the mud and I'm hot <laughs> and I lost my car keys and whatever. Like I can literally pause your festival and go put the kid down for a nap and come back and watch yeah. it. So there's again, the kind of discovery of this, this other way to drink beer with people, that came out of this pandemic was really interesting. And the kind of the kind of feedback we got, like that was kind of a surprise as many people that gave us that, that feedback of like, this is just really convenient and fun period. I would do this if you did it and every other month, I'd be, in, I'd want to be involved. And it was like, sure. All right, cool. So, um, so, so yeah, again, well, there's like so much going on right now. It's so funny. We have a meeting every Friday as a media team. And it's like, Every Friday I feel like like it feels like a thousand new things are on everybody's plate and then we get back the next Friday and it's like a thousand more. So we're trying to check things off and instead of adding more things, kinda complete some things. That's where we are right now. So it's definitely exciting, um though, to just kind of right be be um flush with ideas and people that are uh, motivated to to make it happen.
0: New challenges to solve for sure. Right. Yeah. Right. What, um, so recently, I believe, if my facts are correct here. So you guys uh, untapped uh, acquired beer advocate. Is that, that's right, right? Yep. What, what was the move there? How has that changed the way Untap is doing things?
2: So I'm, I, I wish I had more information, right? This is a, I think a, a really good example of, I wasn't in the room when these meetings were happening.
3: <laughs> right. Um, that was, I mean, right, I, We found out like yeah. on the sales floor that morning, like, oh, what? oh wow. Jeez. <laughs> okay, Right. And but, it was pretty, it was wild.
2: like when it was announced, right? I think Harrison and I and most of the Untapped team, at least like we're familiar with Beer Advocate. That's like Untapped's grandfather. Well, I won't say grandfather. I don't want to be disrespectful to Todd and the beer advocate team, but um but what was really exciting (laughs) was like, all right, great. I mean beer advocate is kind of created the room that Untapped jumped in and said, Let's add a little bit more technology to this. Exactly. Yeah. There and, and there's some really valuable content on there and a great community of people. And what made me really happy, my first question was, What does this mean? Is it going to be like beer untapped for a kid, or like is, are we going to merge <laughs> right. logos? And I was just really grateful to know that it was like if Next Glass is the company that that man or owns or manages the untapped brand, and so when when we acquired or, or I don't know what the proper business term is. We'll say acquired beer advocate. uh, They just kind of like moved in underneath the next glass umbrella. So there's, it's still beer advocate through and through, but there's been some of the people that worked with beer advocate to put on like extreme beer fest. Now we can share ideas with them for the untapped festival. So it was a, it was really just an amazing kind of, there was a good resource there. Um, And then the hope is, if you only use beer advocate, then you can go on there and you can talk about a beer and you can still click and say, I want to find this beer locally. And then we'll be able to use Untapped tech technology oh, to sure. put you, put yep. you onto that beer. So a little bit, a little bit maybe of like, I don't know, sharing the same dinner table, but I, I was really happy to hear that. we'll both of them will kind of stay themselves.
0: Okay.
3: Yep. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
1: Definitely a whole different vibe and community and beer advocate than yep. Untapped for sure.
3: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, that's where I started my kind of, when I started in the beer world, beer advocate was my, UNTAP didn't exist yet. Beer advocate was my like go-to resource. So I was like super excited about it, but Don's absolutely right. Like they do their own thing still. They just have access to more resources. They're able to use like, you know, our development team to, you know, kind of do some of the projects they've been wanting to do for a while in beer Advocate. One of those is the ability. Some of I think we're piloting it now where there are, I think, about a hundred beers in Beer Advocate that if you click on them, it'll pop up in untap untapped will pop up inside Beer Advocate is like here are the place near you to get this beer. So that's really cool to see out there in the wild. Um that's pretty neat. But stuff like that. There'll be little things, but really the I mean, they've been very we were our, you know, uh Untap was very clear in the, the whole process of this of like your beer Advocate is their own thing. That's why we wanted them to be part of this family is because we, we see a lot of value in what they do, um, whether it's festivals or the forum, the community. Uh, Todd's kind of like editorials. He'll write about the um, the status or the state of the beer world or whatever he wants to kind of talk about in his forums. All that stuff's great and just saw an opportunity to to kind of yeah, bring it into the fold and and write, like John said, kind of put some more technology behind it. And it's it's really like even though yeah it happened i guess in february or so it's it's still very obviously covid happened so i don't even know yeah. right john and i don't like talk to them every every day or really um often the guy todd and the guys over there but um i don't know so i don't know how much of that kind of threw a wrench in their plans but i'm just kind of excited to see stuff that happens todd will jump into like our chats on um in untapped to be like, hey, a cool new thing happened today. Check it out. Like so I learn about it kinda as it's happening. Um but that's really cool to have Todd from Beer Advocate be like, Hey, look at this thing uh that we're doing now with Untapping Beer Advocate. So that's that's it's been fun, like the beer nerd in me is like, Ooh, another Christmas comes early this year and I gotta jump in and do some technological stuff <laughs> with, with beer and whatever. So um but yeah they're they're doing their own thing, but it's cool to have them like uh, just a message away if you have questions or ideas and stuff.
1: Yeah. I want to know how the beers are tasting.
3: Mm, yeah, we haven't I'm, really talked
0: about
1: that yet. I know, right?
3: <sighs> Mine's going down smooth. I love Hawkbill and Surf Wax. They're the more like West Coast IPA, but this one is so like fluffy and fruity. and Oh, man. I, I was I'm trying to not chug it. I've been like, every time <laughs> I try to grab it, every other grab, I actually grab it. I just kind of pull my hand away because I know I'm just, yeah, one down, I'll be three down before you know it and then talk about who knows what
0: that's, that's the hard part about a, a podcast uh, with beer involved is you can very I, easily just i know hammering them all back.
3: right i purposefully have the the cord here and it does it just makes it it's not long enough to get to the beer fridge it's like <laughs> i'm still about three it feet cut, away cuts you off so i have a leash i've leashed myself to the desk essentially
1: <laughs> nice it's <That's> wise <laughs> yeah mine's uh heavy on the cinnamon but it's what's, super, and what's that like? super creamy. I, I love it. I mean, if you're looking for a beer that tastes like horchata, I think it it nails it. So
0: because okay. nice. cinnamon can be a little weird sometimes, especially in beer, but. it
1: can be. Yeah, and it's a it's a lighter beer, yeah. um, which yeah, actually plays really well. So it's not like a stout or anything. So I I really like it. Nice.
2: Have you ever had um, who is it? Uh, not burial but it, uh, the brewery there we go the brewery makes a, a horchata beer which is maybe the reason i i, I like i've never had actual horchata just <laughs> horchata <laughs> beers <laughs> um, and the brewery makes it's a it's a light colored version it looks kind of like the one you have ryan but it's it's i don't know i would put it in my top five but my top five probably has 30 beers in it so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. i don't know what that I, says
1: I have not had that beer. It sounds delicious, though. I'd love to have. The brewery, I'll have to look for that one.
2: I was just saying, I don't know if uh, the brewery is in Minnesota, but I feel like they would want to. I'm. Uh, we don't have to talk about Minnesota beer because <laughs> I can't get most of it. <laughs> but I know Harrison was kind of boasting about what, a, what an amazing place. North Carolina has uh, become like a magnet yeah. for these amazing breweries. But yeah. you guys are – that's a – Beautiful city for a craft beer fan. We, I think, we we had plans, or at one point, we're talking about trying to go there for a for an untapped event. It's it's a gorgeous city.
1: Yeah, I I mean, we're over in Minnesota alone. We're over two hundred breweries now. Awesome. Um, and there's some. I mean, I've been all over the the nation, and I've been to San Diego. I've been to Asheville. Yeah. And the I think the beer stacks up. Yeah. So yeah. uh, yeah you guys should definitely come up here we'll show you around
3: yes yeah, it's oh, yeah, exciting i like that yeah. yeah i know surly just got here like a month ago and i like jumped out of my skin when that happened and like <laughs> sent john ms right away like there's like only a one surly beer is at the bottom shop i'm going to get it uh <laughs> and it, i destroyed it so that was like at there. i i'm lucky to have a few of their beers in the past but right like Minnesota's one of those cities where yeah, you look at the breweries that are there and you go holy cow it's got to be on everyone's list. So lucky you guys are just living it every day. It's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah
0: we're pretty fortunate.
1: It's, it's funny that, you know, Surly is obviously nationally known. But yeah. when it comes to like Brady and I and some of our other friends, you know, we don't really go to Surly that often because right. there no, were sure. so many other, you know, yeah. trendier, smaller breweries. But actually, mm. for how good their beers are in cans, I think their taproom exclusive beers are even better. Yeah. Um, and I'm the sure. tap room itself is gorgeous. Yeah, um, it's a must. It's amazing. a must visit. Yeah, cool.
2: there's an economical study that'll happen at some point about Surly and other, like even like burial, where you kind of evolve into this statewide or regionally wide like iconic brewery. And the minute that happens, everybody <laughs> in your neighborhood is like, mm, right. I gotta find, no. I gotta find a place <laughs> that's only open on Friday yeah. night. <laughs> <You> know, like, <laughs> From
1: 2 p.m. to 3.15. <laughs> right, that's it. You get there. I already sold
2: out of all their beers before I get there, but Good. that's where I want to spend. That's where I want to be, right? It's yeah. amazing. And but I don't want
1: <laughs> to right. spend too much time on Minnesota, but the Minnesota craft brewery scene owes a lot to Surly oh, yeah. uh, because really they are responsible for the the laws, which are known as the Surly Bill, for breweries to actually be able to serve on site. And so they, we owe a lot to them. And love I it. certainly enjoy going there. Yeah,
3: That's
1: Absolutely. great.
2: That's huge. No one ever gives enough credit to breweries for being yep. lobbyists or legislators. I know. Yeah. Right. I mean, totally. this, there's I so know. much that we wouldn't be able to appreciate today sure. if it wasn't for, you know, some stubborn brewer that said, right.
3: Nope.
2: You right. i <laughs> going yeah, to the town
3: hall. I, exactly right. I think Where it was, I think, this? I think dogfish Head got like, it was like six, either 16 or maybe like 40 laws changed in the state of Delaware to wow. like, allow dogfish to exist i remember reading sam's book uh burn of a business and he obviously talks about it in there and it was like a picture of him with like the governor i guess and all the bills they were signing it was like whoa oh, talk about being driven to like right average guys. like oh we can't do that here all right yep. let's open up a bicycle <laughs> shop or whatever yeah. he's like oh we can't do it for 100 reasons i got 101 reasons why we can let's just make it happen and he yeah. did and it's uh it's it's pretty wild so there's you a lot of great some- stories like that yeah
1: You'd think someone in his life would be like, "We could you go to a different state?"
3: Right, right. <laughs> Maryland's right there, thirty minutes <laughs> down the road. <laughs> oh,
2: that's
0: good. Well, that that uh, Mount uh, Beermore, which I had never actually heard that saying until listening to your podcast there, and uh, I was trying to think of of what would be on mine, and that's a really mm-hmm. tough. That's a really tough thing to think of. Yeah, and,
1: so what's the criteria for you guys for Mount Beermore? How do you guys so, do that?
2: So uh, Mount Beermore actually comes from uh, Becca, who helps us kind of uh, produce, write, yeah. keep, she's like the whips at our back sometimes. But uh, Becca, who also works at Untapped, it, it, I think it was her idea no one creates a new idea anymore it's 2020 but she was the one that (laughs) kind of introduced it to me and i said yeah that's probably a cool idea which you know means i'll just put a post-it note on the wall and never look at it again (laughs) and i'll give credit to harrison for like making making us stick with and and do that for it's it's been part of season three since it began in terms of what the criteria is harrison i'll let you try and explain it
3: Sure. So in its current form, and maybe we'll look a little bit behind the curtain uh, by talking about this, which is fine by me and and cool. So right now, what we're trying to do is basically build like the beers that we personally feel kind of are the foundation for our craft beer discovery journey. You know, whatever you want to call it, that like we wouldn't be where we are today without discovering these four kind of keystone beers that change either how we thought about beer or craft beer or beer and food or whatever it is that kind of just kept us going down this path and so that's how we're looking at it for this season there have been talks and we'll see if this happens of you know next season maybe exploring like what are the new age craft beers that would be on this list because we talk about a lot of stuff that have been made for now like some of 20 30 40 years. I mean, 100. I have, yeah. right. Yeah. So, right. That's right. And Francis Conner Francis is Scarlet, right. is, yeah. is, is <laughs> ancient. So, so, um, so we'll see. We have no, I don't know what's gonna happen for season four, but the plan is to write season three, kind of wrap up Mount beer more um, with the beers that got John and I to appreciate craft beer and discover it and, and kind of mold us into the craft beer fans uh, that we are.
0: Nice.
2: I like. Um, And since you brought it up, I want I want to put you guys on the spot. You can we 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 can edit this out. But uh, so for. For me, my, Harrison explained it well. It's everybody's Mount Beermore should be a little bit different. It's basically, you know, like who we all love craft beer, the four of us. And, you know, at some point there was a, a part of your life where you went and made a decision like, I really want right. I want to enjoy craft beer. And for me, you know, there's a couple of stories. Franz Scanner was the most recent one I added to my list because of how that beer reframed the way that I think about beer. And there's no right or wrong answer, but do you guys like? Do you guys have one of those beers that's kind of part of of you know how you got to where you are here today?
3: Yeah, not all four, just one. If you have one, no pressure. I'll let, I'll let Ryan start. <laughs> yeah, smart. <laughs> there you go.
1: I do. Uh, I I got into beer very late in life. Um, we we're actually gonna go on our honeymoon to Europe, and I didn't drink beer. I didn't like it. But we were going to be in Munich for Oktoberfest. Um, so I ow. decided, well, now's the time to, to, <laughs> to figure out how I can enjoy beer. Um, right. So I did. I did a lot of prep for that trip. Um, <laughs> you can just about imagine. But I remember, you know, going to the August dinner tent, Ooh. having a marzen yeah. you know, at the festival at Oktoberfest and that kind of just the sense of community in in Munich just how it's such a part of life mm-hmm. was just is it was life-changing for me and coming back and wanting to find that here was probably right. a big big change for me
3: that's fantastic
0: nice that's a good brady answer. you're up, you're I, don't up brady. I, have, I don't know <laughs> if i have an answer that's that good um i i guess i have a few different thoughts on that so uh there's this this beer called northeast uh by grain belt and i don't know if they're necessarily considered craft but they kind of down the craft beer-ish. I don't know. What, what do you think, Ryan? Are they craft beer?
1: They're adjacent.
0: <laughs> adjacent, okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> I got super into that, and that kind of changed my palate and got me into like darker beers and that kind of thing. But I would say then, going into the craft beer, the one beer for me that I loved was the Black Ale from Ben Paddle. Uh, that I, I love stouts. I like darker beers like that. And that beer was just, it was one that, so I live in kind of a small community. Um, I'm a, a couple hours from the cities and so I don't have as much access to beer. And that was one of those beers that I could get basically anywhere. And that first getting into craft beer, it was one of those that I just really enjoy that I always knew I could get. And it kind of opened my eyes up to this whole craft beer thing. So, mm-hmm. um, I'd have to go with that, I suppose.
2: That's great. Um, yep. That's it. Yeah. Two totally different stories, both Love of them. It. And yeah. I, I think beautiful. That's awesome. Yeah. I, great. Yeah. I'm more I no offense, Brady. I'm more jealous of Ryan's trip Yo- to Munich for Oktoberfest. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <Yeah. laughs> totally.
0: Totally, totally. Uh, <laughs> I am too.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. That was one of the most surreal moments of my life. Yeah. And Definitely uh, recommend it.
2: Where you guys? I don't. I'm not trying to stereotype, but when I think of like Minnesota, Wisconsin, I think of like German influence, like the food and the beer. Mm-hmm. And I would argue, if there's a place to live in the states, it's probably near where you guys are. If you want to, to I don't, do you see a lot of German influence in some of your? I know it's not necessarily like craft beer, sexy to make uh, yeah. a, an amber. Uh, but do you guys see more of that out that out where you guys are? Tap there's, travelers, there's, do you? <laughs> there's a few bigger,
1: you know, German style breweries like um, Shells and things like that. Right, right. Um, more traditional styles, um, but honestly, not as much as you'd expect uh, that you'd think. And I don't know how true this is, but I've heard stories about how it used to be a lot bigger, um, and then World War II hit. And it wasn't really trendy to be German at that point. It kind of, uh. that, that culture kind of took a hit.
3: <laughs> I wonder <Right>. why. <laughs> exactly, right.
1: But, but no, I, I mean, I, I've heard stories about how that they would, um, in these small communities, they all had breweries. And, you know, after Sunday uh, mass, they would go and go to the park and drink beer from the brewery. And once, once, you know, Prohibition and World War II, it just kind of killed that all. And we're mm. finally getting back from yes. um, that tradition. That's right. And I, I'm from a Czech town, and they actually opened a traditional German brewery. So figure Interesting. that out.
0: Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, let's get into... So we're on a brew chat. What's what's the go-to beer style for you guys?
3: Mm. I'll be boring. I mean, right... Oh, uh, go to if I'm honest, if I'm honest, it's like a session New England IPA, like a four and a half percent hazy beach bomb that I could just drink a lot of. That's I almost grabbed one tonight, but I went with a uh, hawkbill instead. But that's the one that like I need to always have a few in the fridge to drink while grilling. John,
2: the one I'm most excited about is a recent acquisition for me, um, a, a dry hop lager. I've had a few of these and it's a great marriage between like a big flavor bomb and a new England, but the, but the lager keeps it lower ABV and I can actually knock back a few of them. Um, If I'm looking for a guilty pleasure, it's a fruited Berliner all day long. Um, (laughs) I will, I will, I will drink those until I have nothing else in front of me.
0: (laughs) And and these are the kind of crazy obscure, like adjunct, the shit out of them or what are we talking here
2: exactly something that tastes like a syrup left over at a denny's table uh, with a little bit of with a little bit of
3: fermentation going on many of those syrups have yeah yeah i'm i'm ready
2: i'm ready for those Uh, i'm excited about it i don't even care who's looking at me drinking a bright red drink out of a tulip glass go ahead and be jealous they're amazing and delicious (laughs) so at what point does it become a cocktail (laughs) Right. <laughs> when you add <laughs> vodka to it, only that. <laughs> okay,
0: fair enough. Sure. <laughs> what do you, uh, what do you guys think? So, New England style, right now, obviously in craft beer. Aside from seltzers being the hot new thing, yeah. Like, what, what is like the? What's the next? What's the next trend? Or where is craft beer uh, heading?
3: Mm, we've tried to conquer this a couple of times on the podcast, and I we make the joke of for like the past five years every end of the year some publication will ask brewers what's the next thing and they for the past five years have said pilsners and light loggers so i'm, I'm just going to keep betting on that and hitting that you know whack-a-mole until it, it is that, until it pops up
0: it's kind of making a comeback right,
3: right? yeah and it, yeah. it was only a matter of time and uh, i mean i really do think that is that is the next it'll be yeah it'll it'll that'll be the thing if it's not kind of already in some places it is and Kind of to your point, it's tough to say like nationally, what will be the next big thing because re- it's really gotten to the point where regionally, the, a lot of places have their own identity now, and like what your local brewery is brewing is kind of really what matters most. Yeah, compared What's to the larger Yeah, but um, the, yeah, loggers all day for me is what I, I put my money on. Do you, do you enjoy loggers? Oh yeah, I love them. So Neshaminy Creek, we got so we uh, when I brewed there, we brewed a lot of. American style beer, but a lot of it was German influenced. And our head brewer brewed in uh, Europe for a while. And we actually won a couple uh, great American beer festival medals for our German style lagers. Um, So that was like, and he was very serious about them and it was uh, obviously. And so that was, yeah, it was something brewed a lot of. And so I, I got a great, have a great love for them, just making them every day for, for a long time um yeah it's getting into my time of year with Oktoberfest coming back i like i'm that guy who's like don't don't look at me and i'm buying them now don't look at me in the Uh, aisle like leave me alone let me enjoy them
1: (laughs) and so you're uh you do some craft beer consulting so are you on the back end telling breweries like you got to brew loggers so that selfishly you get more loggers?
3: Yeah, I don't do that anymore. I did that for a <laughs> oh, while. Okay. That's right. Yeah, I can't. But I'm not right feeding <laughs> myself with you know, both hands or whatever. That'd be smart. But um, yeah, no, I'm not. Uh, not yet. You didn't say just yelling it from every podcast I get on our own podcast of make more loggers, make more loggers. <laughs> if yeah. you're in North Carolina, especially um, just to right to, to feed the beast, if you will.
1: How often do you guys get to Asheville? It's not too far
3: so it i mean it kind of it's like six hours for me it's the total other side of the state it's like five and a half hours north carolina is a deceptively long state uh, that a is wide a bit of a state, whatever that's the state motto so, deceptively, right, long. deceptively yeah. long that's a good enough. <laughs> could have worse it's mottos like deceptively short or whatever um but uh yeah this is um yeah so i so uh, I've never been to Asheville. Like, I've only been to North Carolina for four oh, years. Wow. So I've never gone. It hasn't happened yet. Although much to my wife's chagrin, it's like, like every, every long weekend, she's like, let's go to the mountains. And now we like, we we're going to do it in March and this all happened. So sure. um, I haven't, John, Have you, what about you?
2: One time when I first got here and it was like, you know, when your mom and dad first let you come to Toys R Us with them, uh, you know, you're just like, I-, I know I want Tickle Me Elmo, so I'm going right to Burial. Uh, or at the time, it was Wicked Weed. It was, it was right. back, like when Wicked Weed was still like independent and sexy, and they still make good beers. But at the time, Wicked Weed was what burial is to Asheville then with their funcatorium and everything. Um, And I haven't been back since uh, now that I'm talking about, I feel like such a jerk, but to Harrison's point, it is a deceptively long trip.
3: There's no straight road. It goes, you got to go into Charlotte or like up through Raleigh. There is no road that goes right there. So it's, but yeah, eventually it'll, it'll happen. But a lot of that comes here. I mean, again, it's like, such a like, I got burial. I, go, I went to the grocery store today and I grabbed a bunch of burial beer. And they have, it's not like one or two, they got like 20 options to grab wow. from. So it's right. It really are kind of lucky at how accessible stuff like that is. But there are obviously some amazing, amazing breweries there. Um, and we're lucky that, uh, yeah, that it exists. Although I will tell you, Wilmington's pretty cool too. I think there about 20 or so breweries here now, and they've all popped up over the past three years due to some ancient like prohibition style law that got repealed of like they could the only but we one brewery in town and that disappeared or whatever and, and then a bunch popped up and there's some and because it's such a cool beach town there are a lot of uh, brewers who have come from bigger breweries like stone or Edmonds oast and charleston or other places and open up their own breweries here so we have like we kind of got on the fast track quick with a lot of talented brewers not guys like figuring it out were in sure, the garage sure, or oh, there's okay. plenty of that and that's great um but there there are a lot of guys who are pros who decided to just open a brewery here and so now uh, it's like right every weekend i'm like i could go to Asheville, or i could go to the two beer releases in town <laughs> of these crazy you know slushy beers and
2: feel like <laughs> you know
3: i'm living the dream i don't need to go anywhere it's it's yeah. very very much the the case i mean as much as we talk about how regionally important breweries are it, it really is like you're, you 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 leave your town a lot of time uh in the states right that, now to find an amazing yes. beer
2: that's i love you for making that point uh, harrison because to to try i'm gonna john answer which i i don't think anybody it, it's not a real thing yet but um but if you've ever had a conversation with me to answer your question about like the next beer trend i think it's it's easy to understand that like new england ipas took all the bitter you know kind of mouth curling flavor out of an ipa and made it taste like you could you could get drunk with your kids. It was beautiful. <laughs> and I think that justifies how they became so popular. You didn't have to work to appreciate a bitter IPA just like you totally. would a black coffee. And I think New England IPAs experienced a lot of success with that. And seltzers, similarly, right? They're they're good for your waistline. They're generally appealing in the summer months. And, and that's a whole different conversation. But what I'd like to answer is what the next trendy beer is going to be. And this is the John answer part is that it's just going to, I think it's going to be local, whether it's a lager or a double dry hop lager or a double dry hopped icebox. At the end of the day, to Harrison's point about the infrequency in which we travel to Asheville, it's because I think we're blessed in that we could travel down the road and get an Asheville-esque experience. There's going to be one or two new breweries or breweries that are kicking out new beers. And I really, uh, it's romantic of me to say, but I really hope that America starts to embrace the beer that's made right in their neighborhood or backyard rather than much like Germany, um, where you can do that locally um, or without having to travel too far. Sure.
1: Yeah. I I mean, I pretty much, yeah, that's great. I pretty much only buy stuff from Minnesota. I mean, yeah. there's no reason not to. Right. Um, but I am putting you on record that you think Ice Bock is going to be the next big style. <laughs> here we go. Heard it here first.
3: Heard it here first. That's a bold that's a, claim, but That was uh, a double dry hop version. Double dry hop right? Ice <laughs> yeah. Double dry hop. Like, ice <laughs> like muddy the only water. Re- the only thing uh. holding it
2: back is its lack of existence. Uh um, yeah. <laughs> Hey, that never
3: stopped anyone before. That's right.
0: That's good stuff. One um, what, what of the questions we got here is what are you guys sick of?
3: Beer-wise or a period? No, beer-wise. We'll stick it to beer. beer, wise. We're, we're the beer. God, I got A long list. Okay, sure. Um, oh, what am I sick of? Oh, no. Mm, what am I sick of? Ooh. Oh, I might start some fist fights online. Uh-oh. Um, I, I don't know if I'm ah, sick of. Is a strong. I'm not. Uh, I want to
2: justify it. You know, let's. I want to find out. <laughs>
3: I, I want to find what I want to, to be able to do is walk into a bottle shop and get an American Stout. Period. That's hey, it. I don't okay. want an American Stout with coffee, chocolate, blah blah blah. That's great. But, like, man, I, I can't – it's, like, almost a joke sometimes. I'll walk in somewhere, and I'll be like, I want a porter. And I'll be like, great, we have the coffee one. We have the chocolate. This one's got maple syrup. stout. It's so, like yeah. – and, again, nothing wrong with it, but it's, like, it really – like, I just love a good stout, and I think it stands up on its own. And that's, a, I think, a classic example of, like, kind of – it's like the whole Jeff Goldblum, Jurassic Park d- – you know, didn't stop to think if you should just too enamored with the fact that you could do this yeah. stuff. And this is kind of, you know, off the rails now. I sound like a grandpa, get off my lawn. <laughs> you
0: totally do. But, but uh,
3: <laughs> <laughs> again, great that you do it. It's it's not like it's, I'm not saying it's like not a real, real beer or anything like that. I just, as a beer drinker, that's like one of my favorite things to sit down with just a stout that's a stout and hunt through the flavors of that. And uh and just enjoyed and it's I've many I have many a time walked out of a bottle shop and felt like an old grump because I was like, I can't find a stout. I just want a stout tonight and I can't You're... find one.
1: So funny enough, i w- i watched Jurassic Park two days ago. There you I, go. Did and so I did too. So did everybody, and I, right?
3: Everyone's doing it right yeah. now. It's on Netflix again. <laughs> Netflix. How can you not? Right. How can you not?
1: But then I bought a four-pack of Guinness yesterday. Yeah! Oh, so What's
0: wow. happening? <laughs>
3: I'm with you
1: on that. Just give Guinness me a point of stout. Yeah. Right.
3: Yeah, I know. So again, that's definitely, again, many times I've walked out and gone, why is it so hard to just find a 5.5% stout that I can drink a bunch of? And uh, so hopefully that uh, is not a long problem or a future a future problem I can do better. But um, John, there you go. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I
2: don't, I was trying to, I was trying to think of something that I'm sick of. And I, I mean, I, I don't, uh, my wife yells at me for this because she says I'm an actual robot that doesn't have any emotions, but, um,
3: (laughs) she shuts you down at night. Right.
2: I mean, I, I, yeah. All right. Recharge John It's a USB C, um, it's, so I'm not, uh, I'm not sick of pastry stouts. I love them. And there was not even two years ago, I would have, I would have scoffed like, oh, what is that a lager that tastes like a lager? Great. Congratulations. I've already had one before. I find myself now when I'm much more excited about those and uh, this isn't something I'm sick of. It's just, it's hard to be, if I'm sick of anything, I think it's just, it's, maybe not sick of it, but what I want better is when you get that brand new craft drinker and they didn't have to go to Munich and learn to appreciate a Marzen or a hundred Marzen's holding them out and a giant heavy Stein. <laughs> uh, what I, what I want to be better is that new or early craft beer drinker. I want them to understand that not everything tastes like a Denny's syrup um, it, it, and just kind of look or hunt or, or work harder to find a beer you appreciate before you just go in and you happen to get that non-adjunct stout that tastes like a real beer. And then you say, Oh, that brewery's not, you know, they're not doing it right. Uh, when in fact they're incredibly talented, you just haven't learned to appreciate it yet. So I guess yeah. what I'm sick of is, is people just taking like the quick, the, the express pass into craft beer land because they love new England. And then not taking the time to learn how to appreciate a lot of the work that goes into making a a beautiful, simple beer.
0: How do you guys uh, add on tapped dealing with um, different breweries and stuff like that? You're going to have those consumers that are using the app and they're always going to be, they're only used to those, the adjunct beers or the hazies. And so they're going on and rating these different beers bad, like. What do you say to your the, some of the clients that you have that are, are they dealing with that customer?
2: <laughs> no one ever says that. Uh, <laughs> the uh, I try and detach myself, just put it right into a spreadsheet. And if 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 you get a thousand ratings or reviews on your beer, and all one thousand or nine hundred and eighty of them say this tastes like pennies. You messed up when you brewed that beer, no doubt about it. If (laughs) 50 of them say, I hate this, and 50 of them say, I love it, you can ignore those and just kind of look in the middle and see, you know, what is the mass opinion? And if you can separate yourself from the fact that you poured over this beer and you made it and you released it in the world, and now you're getting a thousand unsolicited feedbacks uh, and opinions about it, that's difficult. And it's not something that I can just say, yep, you have to do it that way. I just, I hope that you can, because there can be some real value in in the mass opinion. Do a, a single hop variant and use untapped to kind of get that feedback of like, everybody loves our strata hop. But when we did galaxy, you know, we noticed that it was, it appealed more to a younger crowd. Use it to get that feedback sure. instead of dwell over the negative feedback. But again, I never professionally worked in a brew house and, and put these things out into the market. Harrison, any, any real life feedback from you?
3: Yeah. I mean, my, I always tell brewers when we had that conversation of my wedding beer is in untapped. I brewed it for my, I had my wedding when the brewers I worked at and it was a stout and there's a guy that rated it, it, whatever many bottle caps saying too dark for a stout. And that's real. So like, I've lived this, I've lived what? this, in, right, exactly. So and I've like lived this firsthand of like, well, I can't, I can't help you, sir. I don't know what you, what other stouts you had before this. I think someone's been playing a trick on you for a long, long time and handing you Bud Lights and calling them stouts or whatever. But, um, you know but john's absolutely right like if you look at individual check-ins you're going to lose your mind you have to look at this stuff directionally from a high level and yeah use it to kind of like see which way the wind is blowing and and all that stuff it's really good for like variants of beers for dry hops for single hops all that stuff um and not 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 for nothing there have been a fair amount of breweries in the past who have been able to use untapped check-ins to actually track uh, like um, quality control problems or like, like a batch of check-ins sure, will happen in matches, some yeah. corner of some state. And they're like, okay, what would, what do we send there? These check-ins are all saying, all saying this is not tasting right. And there have been multiple breweries who have gone out there and said like, yeah, we, we saw this on untapped and it was anomalous and looked weird. And we were able to find it in our, in our laboratory and identify what the problem was and get it out of the market. So um so, yeah, like again, don't get bogged down in what you know if someone's palate says, but you can. Uh, and it's also been really interesting over the past couple of years, maybe three years ago, the conversation from breweries would have been more like, oh, uh, why does this guy who says he you know hates hoppy B beers rating my IPA so poorly? He doesn't know, like, this is, yeah. this is okay to drink something else. Um, now, as more crappier drinkers exist than ever you could argue the baseline kind of knowledge for a craft beer drinker nationally is going up. And I'm hearing conversations from breweries more and more saying that coming to us and saying they are using this directionally for, they see value in it now. I a couple of years ago, it was these people know nothing now at some point in the last, even like 18 months or so, there seems to be a tide shift where I hear more from breweries saying, I need to be using this and I'm excited to do so. Uh, to be in touch with my you know, fans and to get that valuable, valuable feedback that I can't find anywhere else. So it's just been really cool to just see, you know, as untapped has been around as long as it has now, um, that it, yeah, that, that even breweries who are maybe grumpy about stuff in the past are seeing that the value of Untappd and that information that's here that that really only exists uh, and it's become more valuable as a beer drinker itself have themselves have become more educated, which is, is awesome.
1: Yeah, definitely. Sure. I can see that. I have one last uh, question. I don't know if you do too, Brady, if you guys don't mind. Uh, I know you guys do Would You Rathers, mm. which I also love Would You Rathers. Um, and this is a question specifically for Harrison. Um, as a little more on the brewing side. But I'm wondering, would you would you rather brew the best beer in the world, but nobody knows about it or drinks it, mm. or brew average beer, but it's extremely popular? Oh,
3: God. That's the, like the rocks. Do you want to be the rock star? Or do you want to be, you know, the Robert Johnson new, uh, so yeah, I don't, that's a, uh, me personally, man. Uh, I mean, <laughs> well, my, my goal, my secret horrible goal is to like someday in my sixties have like a brew pub in the mountains. No one knows about where I just make a beer for myself. And if I sell some great, if not, don't care. At that point, I'm just, you know, burning through my money and waiting for the sun to explode or whatever. So, um, so that's what I really want to do. Uh, but like, but, but, but you bring up a great point of like, if it was today and I like was a brewer and had to feed my family and stuff, I want to make okay beer that everybody drinks. Um, that's probably, but, but that sounds boring and lame and a safe answer, but brewing in a vacuum would almost be like, drive me insane of like, you know, I'm if I'm drinking a beer and just yelling into the, the ether of like, this is it. This checks all the boxes, BJCP. Why won't anybody are my medals? And then I'm the angry guy in the lawn again going, that's on a black lager. The SRM is totally off. You morons. Um, And that, that may actually happen. That'll happen. I mean, that'll, that'll be me in some small newspaper of uh, 50 years of just old man and incarcerated again, yelling about beer on, you know, public property so uh i gotta pick an answer i guess i'm ah man maybe i'm brewing in a vacuum i guess i'm yeah that's because i feel like right at the end of the day that's almost like you're you're still it's like the rock star thing you're selling out to the record company and you're on the radio but you hate what it sounds like that'd be a nightmare like live in a world of some guy coming up to you and going like this IPA is great. Well, it's an amber lager, but thanks, for, <laughs> thanks a lot. <laughs> ah, right? And then I just kind of like just scream into a pillow every night. Yeah, I don't want that. That's for the birds. So I'm going to just brew great beer and drink it myself sure. in my garage and, and just be happy knowing that I'm the best. Yeah. <laughs> just a vain person just living <laughs> on cloud nine for no justifiable reason. That's, that's me yeah. all day. Well, it's secretly
1: an, an ethical question because the right answer would be bringing happiness into the world by. Uh.
3: <laughs> uh.
2: Oh my God, Ryan! You crushed that. That was the best "Would you rather" I've ever seen Harrison suffer through. That's, That's right. good. That's good. Thank I've you.
0: got I've got one last question here. And it's for both of you guys, but uh, if you could be any type of beer, what beer would you be and why? Mm.
2: Whew. Um, I'd be an icebox because they're going to be trending.
3: Um, <laughs> you too want to bring happiness to the world. Right. Good. Good, John.
2: That's tough. I would be probably, I, I feel like I would end up being a beer that nobody really understood because uh, oftentimes I feel like that's who I am in real life. So okay. a double dry hopped icebox is perfect uh, for that answer. It's kind of a cop out though. Yeah, that's um, good. Or maybe like something, uh, really old, uh, from, from Germany or Munich beer, uh, a brewery that's been doing this for 500 years that just is too stubborn to change. I could also see that, uh, relating to how I live my life. Sometimes (laughs) Uh, this is almost like turning into psychology. What about you? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly.
3: Right. I I just see a cat, a bunch of cats eating cats. Next photo. Um, (laughs) no, the, uh, I think we almost answered a version of this question on one of the first podcasts we did. And I, my answer still holds true, which is I'd be probably an English style bitter because I can be grumpy sometimes and write like cold weather and warm fires and Argyle sweaters and all the cool stereotypical British stuff. But i also just love that beer. I mean, as much as you can talk about hazies and certainly as my fridge will be, uh, you know, a test, I have tons of them all the time. Uh, Like I'm the happiest when I'm drinking like, an english like an, a three and a half percent esb somewhere quiet alone in some cobblestone or brick you know damp place that's dark and mysterious um and you know leatherback chair so if i could be any beer it would be be that be something that yeah it has a lot of history to it um but you can enjoy a lot of has cool flavor and um yeah i another secret I have a lot of plans for one of my sixties which is not good because I will probably just be <laughs> punched over by then but um but that's another secret goal of mine to spend like a year in London just I don't know what I'm doing other than jumping from pub to pub, just drinking every best bitter I can find. I need to i my soul needs that, so I don't know how and when it will happen but um but yeah that's Sign what I think up. about yeah that's what I think about most is that that classic kind of English beer and the experience that comes with it.
0: Okay. Good answers. Great Good answer. Answers. Yeah. Uh all right. So where is the best place for people to find you guys?
3: I
2: would say iTunes. Harrison might say Google Podcasts, but um the easiest way to find us is to go to podcast.untapp dot com if you want to listen. Uh but okay. if you want to actually have a conversation with us, you can find us on Twitter. Um and my Twitter handle is drinking with John. Yeah, and I okay. always have to clarify that I never got the H. Um, yeah. So it's K-O-N. just it's it's John the the Never poor got... kid way.
3: but <laughs> <laughs> oh that's awesome. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Sure. Simple. Yeah. We're all the podcast is yeah, anywhere you listen to podcasts, it'll be there. So don't cut your way. Just whatever program or app you use to listen to podcasts, you'll be able to find and socially, and then. Yeah, you can connect with both of us on Untapped. I'm uh, at Harry Beer Beard, and same with Twitter. And also, drinking socially as a Twitter account, that we're using a lot more recently. It's at That Beer Podcast. Um, so okay. pretty simple to remember. But we try to put a lot out there, as well as some kind of like exclusive stuff on Twitter, a little bit early than maybe the rest of the world sees it. So it's a cool spot to follow us on because we do do some stuff there that doesn't show up uh, anywhere else. But Untapped's easy too um, uh, to find us there.
0: And then you also have in between, so this is a, every other week that's on Wednesdays, right? Correct. And then you also have like a, a, a Facebook live in between, correct?
3: Right. Yeah. So if you're, so drinking socially has a Facebook group and anyone can join it, okay. it's really cool. It's all dedicated to talking about beer and what you're drinking and hanging out. And it, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's very active. The people in there are great. And it's one of those, I would call them, I don't know what I'd call them exactly, but like kind of like a classic Facebook group where it is just about beer and liking beer and, you know all the noise kind of stays out of it of the world, which is refreshing and
0: and great. And
3: so anyone's welcome. Jump in there. You'll find it on Facebook and yeah, every on the Wednesdays, the podcast doesn't come out. We will jump in there and drink a beer and kind of talk about what's going on in the group that week, what we're doing with our lives. It's very casual and fun, but we've had some good ones recently that got deep into like the history of wrestling and like (laughs) WWE. And we went on some fun tangents that uh, weren't expected, but um. But that's, that's why you do Facebook Live events, to put me on the spot about stuff I don't know about and watch me kind of sweat. It's great. It's <laughs> nice. a lot of fun.
0: <laughs> Sounds like a good time. And that's just drinking socially in a Facebook – it's like the – Yeah. If you, you go yeah, to Facebook you, groups yep. and type in drinking right, socially. Drinking socially.
3: That's it. Gotcha. You'll find us there with our logo. Yeah. Awesome.
0: Anything else you guys want to – let? last parting words?
3: John? Oh, yep. Here's the silence
2: in the room. John? Um, no, I mean, <laughs> if, if you've never used Untapped or if it's been a while since you used Untapped, my parting ask or word would be to download it um, and you know type in the name of the beer that you're thinking of and see if it's available near you. I think there's a lot of cool stuff Untapped does, but helping you find the beer that you want is my favorite part about it. So that would be my ask. And if you do go through all that trouble, then add me as a friend. Look for Untappd John so we can drink together.
3: That's nice. Right. Cool. And yeah, other than that, thank you guys, both Ryan and Brady. This is awesome, yeah. man. Great to talk with you. And, uh, yeah, you guys too. yeah. yeah we'll have to have you on the drinking socially podcast sometime. We can put you, Definitely. put you under the grill there and do a big, uh, would you rather, and we'll get really <laughs> deep into weird stuff. And
0: I love <laughs> we'd, we'd, we'd enjoy that for sure. We appreciate yeah. you guys' time. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was fun to chat with you guys. So. it's great.
2: Cool. Absolute yeah, pleasure. Nice Thanks so love. much for yeah. having yeah. us. Yeah, Thanks. absolutely. Yep. Really Nice appreciate talking to you it. both. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Cheers. Take care.
1: Have a good night.
0: Thank you for listening to the show before you take off. I would love it if you rated and reviewed the show. Like I said, we're going to be reading these reviews. So please, please leave us something fun. Um, the other thing you could do is go to brew chat uh, Scroll down. You'll see the BC crew. Please sign up. We're going to have some cool stuff coming later this year. And I want you to be the first to know about it. So um, thank you for everything. Please stay safe and we'll talk to you soon.